Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. It's time to hear from the top Christian litigators in the nation who have come forward to tell us the truth and help us defend our faith. Hear ye, hear ye. All rise. Faith on trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Menno is in session. And good Thursday morning. Welcome to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. I'm Deacon Mike Manor, and I'm here with Gina Knoll. Gina, how are you this morning? I'm doing well, Deacon Mike. How are you? Fine, Did fine. Did you have a nice Thanksgiving? Thank, yes, I had a nice whatever. Thanksgiving <laughs> in the beginning of Advent. That's beginning right. Beginning of Advent. That's very nice, yeah. That we're into week nice. two here. Been eating things that I shouldn't be eating, too, so. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it's not Lent. It's Advent, right? that's what so happened. We don't. Yeah, yeah. You gave me an interesting story um, before the show began, and that's this, the, about the Uber drivers. Yeah. The the freedom oh, from the religion. Oh, yes. right, the freedom right, from right, religion right. Was... group has g- contacted Uber and whatever the other rideshare things are, and asking them to make sure that their drivers are not playing Christian music on their radios and not talking to them about. God of all things. Can your uh, well technically do they have an employer? Are they contractors? Can no. they be well, instructed depends, to do these kinds of things? It depends on the state. You know, legally, this, where do they yeah, fall? Well, it depends on the state. You know, in some places like in California, they are trying to or maybe already have made them all employees. They want that mm-hmm. employer-employee relationship. So, can an employer but, tell you you cannot play Christian music at work? Uh, if it's a workplace, yeah, I probably can. Oh, okay. But uh, these people are generally speaking, they're independent employees. Okay. Uh, and uh, and so they can do what well, they I'll want. I'll be but real anxious the, to see the, if the important legal thing case is you got to stamp out all that God talk in the in the taxi cab or whatever. And don't yeah. play any Christmas music. Don't play any Christmas music. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, not interesting. illegal. So this I did is, see this uh, last week. We had the. Um, and uh, maybe we can have a uh, show on it at some point. I know we've ha- discussed it before. The uh, Becerra administration, uh, uh, Department of Health and Human Services, right. had a rule that um, mandated that doctors perform transgender surgeries, and the uh, was struck down by one of the appellate or circuit courts. Right. And uh, the Biden administration chose not to appeal it. So yeah. well, I'm not surprised anything this Biden administration would do that is anti-religion, anti-Catholic or anti-God. Well, it started right. under the Obama administration. It was the Department of Health and Human Services began the ruling in 2016 mm-hmm. when the ACA, the uh what do they call Obamacare? Obamacare, right. Um came down and uh it was challenged and an interesting uh, thing I learned about the law while looking at this. Did you know when the department heads change? Mm-hmm. So in the, in 16, I can't remember who it was that was the head of HHS. And then Alzar was under the the um, Trump administration and mm-hmm. now Becerra is under the Biden administration. Right. L- literally, the name of the lawsuit changes to right. uh, Franciscan um nuns versus and it makes it a little confusing when you're following these well things. when you're trying to find yeah. them that's right yeah you have the plaintiff formerly you don't known as have the defendant I had right no yeah. idea yeah, so for our listeners happened. i'm going to share my, the fact of law that i learned this very week. good very good uh, genus so, facts of law that's right we'll make that a a, a, a regular <laughs> segment on the program here <laughs> what i learned today about what i learned law. today about law yeah uh, Hey, how about uh, today's show? We're talking about the uh, a new uh, law 
that has run through the Senate. The Senate. It came through the House earlier this year. It came through the House earlier. I think it still has to go back to the House for some... Right. The Senate made some changes some after the changes, election. Right. And now but this, the has the, this is the, what, the Defense of Marriage Act or something, yeah. which is anything but. And we're going to talk to somebody from the Heritage Foundation, uh, Emma Waters, about that. She's written a couple columns on it, and she's uh, knowledgeable in the area. Well, I'm hoping and, uh, she and does she know. She probably more. knows that when the head changes in these departments, the name changes on the case, too. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Oh, she does? Well, if she's a I'm lawyer, sure she, she would. should. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's uh, Law 101. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm hoping to learn more about uh, this particular piece of legislation because one of our very good conservative legislators here in Iowa, Senator Joni Ernst voted in favor of this legislation, and people are saying that's a bad thing, yeah. and I need to know why. And it's a bad thing, and we're going to find out from Emma. All right. Do you have a prayer to open us up? I do. God of peace, bring your peace to our violent world. Peace in the hearts of all men and women and peace among the nations of this earth. Turn to your way of love those whose hearts and minds are consumed with hatred. Strengthen us in hope and give us wisdom and courage to work tirelessly for a world where true peace and love reign among nations and in the hearts of all. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. We will be right back after these messages with Emma Watson or Waters from the Heritage Foundation. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Divine Treasures, a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community since 1992. Divine Treasures, 5701 Hickman Road, Des Moines, 515-255-5230. Thank you, Divine Treasures, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. And we are back. We're now here with Emma Waters from the Heritage Foundation. We're going to talk about this Defense of Marriage Act that is currently pending, I guess, now before the... uh, the House of Representatives, where there will be a vote this week on it. Emma, you want to bring us up to date on uh, on what is going on with this uh, with this bill and uh, why uh, why we should oppose it? Absolutely. So the misnamed Respect for Marriage Act, or what I like to call the Disrespect for Marriage Act, would overturn the Defensive Marriage Act in our public law that establishes marriages between one man and one woman, and would instead codify same-sex marriage on the uh, legal um, legislative level in the United States. So last week, um, the Senate voted on the Respect for Marriage Act, and it passed the Senate even though all three of the religious liberty amendments that were voted on failed. So this means that 12 Senate Republicans, including some evangelical conservatives um, and other Christians, um, actually voted for the act without any religious liberty protections. And so once it passed the Senate, it's been returned to the House for its final vote um, this past week, uh, where unfortunately we do expect it to pass, especially since they've already rejected some of the religious liberty amendments that Chip Roy um, put forward. Um, But we're still waiting on final passage at this moment. Okay, what we're talking about right now, for those people who don't always follow politics that well, is this is the current House of Representatives that it's going to, as opposed to the new House that was just elected, correct? Yes, that's correct. And, and the so new- unfortunately, we don't have the full support in this current House, even right. though with the new House coming in, we actually do have the majority. Right, but that new House won't take office until January 3rd or something like that. So uh, Yes, that's until, correct. And it, until then, 
the old house under Nancy Pelosi does whatever it wants to do. Unfortunately, this has been one of their biggest efforts, this lame duck session, um, and sort of their last-ditch effort to get it passed, because they know that once this congressional session ends, their opportunity for this to be passed into law also goes away with it. This is why we've seen such a frantic um, and even insistent push on the part of Senate and House Democrats to get this through now. Okay. Now, what is particularly wrong with this bill? What what are we really afraid of? Obviously, we have same-sex marriage. That's been um, enacted by the Supreme Court. So we're not changing that in any way. And uh, and I think there's something in there about interracial marriage, too, which we've had since Loving versus Virginia many, many years ago. So that's not being changed. But what is it that's being changed that's going to cause us some problems as conservative Christians and Catholics and evangelicals. Yes, and this is where um, the, I think, biggest uh, miscommunications about the bill have come in. So like you're saying, um, with the Respect for Marriage Act, there are no rights or benefits that are currently being withheld from couples in same-sex marriages that this bill would provide or afford for them. So effectively, nothing changes on the gay marriage side of the conversation. However, the major concern, especially for conservatives, especially for people of faith, is that the bill does not provide any affirmative protections for religious individuals, institutions, or nonprofits that want to hold that marriage is between one man and one woman and act in accordance with those beliefs. So when I say that it doesn't provide affirmative protections, what that means is that the bill text of the Respect for Marriage Act simply says that nothing in this bill requires anti-discrimination litigation to be filed against people who differ with the same-sex definition of marriage. But it doesn't go so far as to say that they are protected from subsequent agencies or individuals through the private right of action from filing these lawsuits. So realistically, what this looks like um, for Christians and even for Jews and Mormons and Muslims in the United States is that the IRS, for example, with all of its 87,000 new employees, um, could begin prosecuting religious nonprofits, schools, um, churches, and either threatening to take away their tax-exempt status or not approving them for tax-exempt status based on their belief that marriage is between one man and one woman. Um, This also means that schools, um, whether they're K-12 or higher education, could be at risk for losing um, some of their, many of their federal grants, um, their accreditation to function as a legitimate um, educational option for families in the United States. Um, And this also means that adoption agencies, counseling services, or even foster care agencies um, could be subject to losing their license if they want to prioritize placing children in homes with a mother and a father, one, based on their religious beliefs, but two, based on the fact that they know that children are more likely to thrive in homes where they have both the protection of the father as well as the nurture of the mother present. Mm -hmm. Um, So these religious liberty protections um, are the real meat of the bill, and this is where the main concern comes in for religious institutions and people of faith. Gina, you had a question? Um, so I, I'm very confused about the universities and the schools. They don't perform marriages. Is it simply because they have that belief system? 
Yes. And so this is what's so huge with the Respect for Marriage Act, is this is not actually um, simply addressing a church's right or not to solemnize a wedding. This actually goes down to very basic levels um, of a school um, or other institution's right to function according to that belief. So, for example, if a gay man who's in a marriage, right, applies to work at a local Catholic school and he's uh, rejected for the job. This could be because of his qualifications, or it could be because he is in a gay marriage, um, and that is not in accordance with the school's beliefs about marriage, right? So with the Respect for Marriage Act, he could then file a discrimination lawsuit saying that this school discriminated against him, excuse me, based on his status as a gay man in a gay marriage. Um, And then next thing you know, this school um, would then be in a long, complicated and expensive lawsuit defending their right to act in accordance with their beliefs um, that marriage is between one man and one woman. Um, So this is actually the very particular levels that um, this bill hits, and this is why it's of such great concern um, to religious persons across the United States, is because you're looking at um, a a means of attacking people on, like, the very basic levels of society um, and violating their First Amendment rights for freedom of expression, freedom of religion, um, when it comes to the way that they conduct their own lives, their business is their schools, and so on. Well, now, we've seen this with uh, uh, adoption agencies and foster care agencies throughout the country. Uh, there's several uh, interesting cases that came out of New York where the state of New York was trying to uh, uh, to deny a, a foster care license or continuing license for foster care and adoption agency because of their belief about uh, marriage. And uh, the same thing I remember, uh, you probably remember, too, happened in uh, Philadelphia, uh, where the city was trying to jerk the credentials for a, a foster care agency because of their beliefs on, on marriage. Uh, and it sounds like they will be able to now under this like legislation. Under this legislation, they might mm-hmm. be able to continue to do that. That's exactly right. So under this legislation, that would mean that there is now um, public law backing up these cases. So it would require um, some form of litigation um, going before a court, um, but it means that they now have the backing of our federal law to do so. Um, And like you're saying, this is not a hypothetical um, or far out uh, opportunity, right? Just on Tuesday, well, Monday and Tuesday, the Supreme Court court heard the creative versus Alina Supreme Court case that's about the woman in Colorado. Yeah, who um, she is a Christian and she designs wedding websites and didn't want to make websites for uh, couples in same-sex marriages. And she's now at the Supreme Court having to fight for and defend her right to hold to those sincerely held religious beliefs in the way she operates her business. Um, And we're already seeing that now, and the Respect for Marriage Act isn't even in play yet, but this just adds more fodder to the um, anti-discrimination litigation surrounding gay marriage. So I understand that there was an amendment offered in the Senate, one of the reasons it's heading back to the House to affirm that amendment and change, um, by Senators uh, Collins, Susan Collins, and Tammy Baldwin. how how did and that there were other amendments that were shot down so give give me an idea of why the uh, Collins Baldwin amendment doesn't work for us even though it's in the bill and what amendments did we vote down and was were they along party lines 
Yes. So um, this is where it comes down to the affirmative versus negative protections that I mentioned earlier. So the Collins and Baldwin Amendment um, provided the negative protections. So nothing in this bill requires litigation. And it does specifically say that um, a church um, or a priest pastor, for example, is not required to solemnize a wedding for a same, or sorry, solemnize a marriage for a same-sex couple. Um, so it protects the explicit act of marrying um, two individuals from pastors. However, the problem with that and the reason that this um, those amendments are largely not effective is because it doesn't actually address all the other surrounding parts um, of a wedding ceremony, etc. Um, so the best example of this is like uh, say that a same-sex couple got married um in a local field or other wedding venue, but they wanted to host their wedding reception at the church. Um, Technically, that has nothing to do with the solemnization of the ceremony, right? Like they're already married. They're just wanting to celebrate their marriage there. Um, But the Collins and Baldwin Amendment um, doesn't actually protect the church's right to say, no, we don't want to host the reception at our church. And so, again, they could be on the hook for discrimination um, against the same-sex couple because they don't want the reception there. And so now so we're going to be back with uh, florist and photographers in that, too. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then we had three amendments that were put forward, one by Senator Mike Lee, one by Senator Rubio, and then one by Senator Linkford. Um, Senator Rubio and Linkford's amendments addressed the private right of action in the bill. Uh, which it says that an individual could uh, lobby a case against another individual they perceive to be discriminating against the same-sex couple. And so the Lankford-Rubio Amendment tried to remove the private right of action um, and protect religious persons from other individuals effectively reporting on them to the state. Um, Those two amendments failed and would have been good but not fully sufficient for protecting religious liberty. And then Mike Lee's amendment effectively takes all of the negative implicit protections and makes them um, explicit and affirmative. So his amendment simply said that religious institutions, nonprofits, schools, and individuals cannot lose their tax-exempt status, cannot lose government grants, licenses, or accreditation, um, and cannot be penalized for acting in accordance with their sincerely held beliefs. Um, And that's all his amendment said. So it really begs the question that if this legislation was actually about protecting gay rights simply, that there would be no problem in taking on Mike Lee's amendment, right? Um, Because Mike Lee's amendment only adds in the protections for people of faith so that both same-sex marriage and then people of faith would be protected in this instance. Um, But the Senate's failure, and Republican included failure, to vote um, to pass the Mike Lee Amendment uh, suggests that there's maybe something far more nefarious at play here, um, because his amendment simply would have equaled the playing field between gay marriage and traditional marriage. Wow. So why, I understand that there are 12 senators that are Republicans that would normally... 16, I think. Or 16? Okay, that voted in favor of this legislation that normally would have supported religious freedom, including our own Senator Ernst here from Iowa. Um, I haven't heard a really good explanation about what what they saw in this legislation that made it important for them to um, support it. 
Do you know? No, it's a great question. So, yes. So there, um, well, and I have speculation, right, um, because clearly we don't know exactly what's going on in the minds of these Senate Republicans. And I will say there were 12 Senate Republicans that voted for it, um, but then two Senate Republicans who just didn't show up for the vote um, altogether. And so the couple of thoughts we have here, one, the Heritage Foundation and other conservative organizations in D.C. Um, spent countless hours working with these offices, explaining the religious liberty concerns that were present here um, and how it would hurt people of faith. And so on the one hand, there doesn't seem to be much excuse for the vote that they made um, because they had ample opportunities uh, to discuss and ask questions and try to understand this bill. Um, and so on the one hand, I think certain senators, like the ones from Alaska, um, really do support gay marriage and don't have a problem with the implications of the bill, um, haven't held to traditional marriage in a long time, and don't seem particularly concerned about the rights of religious persons. Um, and then I think others probably receive really bad political advice from their consultants, basically saying gay marriage is already passed in the Supreme Court. It's not a big deal if you pass it legislatively, um, which is not the case, right? Because like we know right. that like the rights of those in gay marriages, are, uh, they're not under attack. Um, and so it overlooks the very real threat to religious persons. But then it does beg the question, what about for the others, right? Like Roy Blunt, who's a conservative evangelical, who right. was once the uh, president of a Southern Baptist university that is now going to have a giant target on its back. Um, it, it's a really big question mark exactly what they were thinking. And I think a lot of us are still just very um, flabbergasted, quite frankly, um, with the outcome, because it seems that Senate Republicans, especially those who should have supported it based on their religious beliefs and even their past experience, either still don't know how to defend marriage on a political level um, or are not comfortable doing so. Um, perhaps they're just very naive about the outcome here, but it, it is a really big question mark for others, including Ernst. Um, as to exactly what their motivation was um, behind the scenes here. Maybe we could get her on the show. And Maybe we can. Maybe we can. And unfortunately, we're kind of out of time here, Emma, so we're going to have to let it go at that, although uh, your writings uh, appear on the Heritage Foundation uh, website. We can follow stuff there if anybody wants to uh, follow up with, uh, with your actual writing, because I, I have in front of me a nice piece that you did uh, about this. Uh, a couple of days ago, so I appreciate that. And we want to thank you for joining us today, and uh, we'll have you back again as this thing plays out. All right, that sounds good. Thank you thank for the work that both of you are doing. Thank, thank you. you. And we will be right back after these messages. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from the Tea Room event venue located in downtown Des Moines. The Tea Room can be reserved for large or small wedding receptions, corporate events, conferences, cocktail and holiday parties. Learn more at the thetearoomdsm.com. Iowa Catholic Radio would like to thank our business partner, Elite Glass and Metal, LLC in Johnson, a full-service glass and glazing contractor serving Des Moines and surrounding areas, new construction, existing projects, and residential. Learn more at EliteGlassAndMetal.com. And we're back. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Gina, that was a very interesting conversation with Emma. It was, and I can't help but think way back to 2009 when the lovely Iowa Supreme Court legalized gay marriage in the state of Iowa, and we all went, it was a 
breaths, a breath of loss of air in our in our lungs because it, we knew that this was just the beginning of something that would you know come after people of faith. The interesting thing about that is the three members of the Supreme Court that were up for retention in the following election all lost. Oh, of course yeah, they lost, yeah. but they, by that point, the cat was out of the bag, yeah. and here we are today um, making laws that are—and I can't help but believe that this um, defense of the gay marriage is is a perfect opportunity for people to— eliminate faith in this country. That's right. And they're going to do the same things that they've done with the, the florist and the photographers that won't take part in gay weddings and that they're doing with uh, a 303 creative that Emma was talking about, the case that was heard before the Supreme Court right. this week. They're, uh, they're persecuting, not prosecuting, they're persecuting these people. And uh, in other words, if you want to be a wedding photographer, you either do this or you get out of the business or we're going to sue you out of the business. And that's what's happening. And if you look at what's going on in foster care agencies and in adoption agencies, mm -hmm. uh, they have been under the gun, under attack, uh, because of, of what they stand for as far as families are concerned, what a family is and what marriage is. Um, it, it's just amazing that we continue to put up with this and it's amazing that some of our senators, unfortunately one of our own, has gone over, not necessarily the other side, but was tricked into it. I don't know what got into Oh, it'll into be that. interesting yeah. to see what Senator Ernst uh, publicly reports about this, about her decision, because um, she's ultimately responsible for some huge changes in the way That's that right. uh, That's people right. of faith practice their that's right. Convictions. And, uh, you know, you have to, when you're in that position, you have to know what you're voting for and what the ramifications of your vote oh, mean. I would think. And, uh, but uh, we will see. I, right. My prediction is there's going to be an explosion of litigation because of this. Oh, honestly, I believe you're right. And, uh, and it's going to take the Supreme Court to sort it all out. Not all of these cases can go to the Supreme Court, and not all of the defendants can wait until their case gets to the Supreme Court, because they're going to find a lot of conflicting decisions made in the district court and in the appellate court level. And so uh, these people are going to be on um, uh, held in limbo maybe for a couple of years before these things are all... I mean, this 303 creative that was just before the Supreme Court this week, that started several years ago. We talked about that when it first mm -hmm. came up. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, and it and it stirs the hostilities in this country. It almost makes it um, compl uh, complicit in the uh, aggressive attacks against uh, people of faith. And uh, I, I saw in Nebraska this week that um, uh, Father Dan Andrews was left a note that uh, suggested if uh, abortion uh, ban became legal in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, or in Nebraska. Mm -hmm that uh, this person who anonymously signed the note, Jane's Revenge, would shoot up their Newman Center with an AR-14. Yeah. So I, I think um, these kinds of attacks... They're playing to the attacks, passions. They're playing right. to the passions. Right. Yeah. And they unfortunately, playing we're playing to our time constraints. Oh, sorry. So we have to, yeah, we need we have to, to get going. Let's end with our Defender's Prayer. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. 
May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits that roam about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. That's it for today. We'll have another edition of Faith on Trial for you next week. In the meantime, have a blessed and peaceful week. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. Faith on Trial, with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano. Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio, iowacatholicradio.com, and the Iowa Catholic Radio app.